Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Stahl. And here we are on our 204th episode. And I think we should be due for a recap episode in about, what, 16 or so? So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, if we did it like the first 100. But I think we ran out of topics, so. Yeah, right. We're just going to talk about the, the things we talked about in the first episode and <laughs> see if there's anything new. Well, really, we should start with episode four. Whatever we covered episode four, we covered 204. Mm. And see how it's updated. I'm trying to think what that was. I could look it up right now. I think Phil Mickelson was episode six. If I recall, but some memory there. <laughs> I don't remember any. I don't remember any of the other ones, but for some reason that the Mickelson one I think was like five or six, maybe. I don't know. Are you actually looking at a? Yeah, I'll let you know in a little bit. It's coming up on two years ago, so I guess that would be a pretty impressive memory. So President Obama been in the news, not as much as maybe he used to be. But I, by the way, starting the sentence with. President Obama in the news is probably not that unique. <laughs> no, no, I said uh, probably not as much as he used to be. Oh, okay, because there's the the new presidential election, so it's he's kind of he's kind of fading out. But episode four, by the way, sauce versus crust, classic episode. I should have known that. Now I'm ashamed. Let's edit that out. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's edit that out. I definitely remember that now. I don't even know what you're talking about with Phil Nicholson. I don't think I don't even remember covering him ever. But. Uh, well, anyway. I'll look. I'll try to look. Oh, at yeah. Ep- that, oh, that was, that was episode nine. Okay. Gosh. So. Eh, not bad. All right. Enough of this. Anyway. So we've talked a lot about minimum wage and most of it's been not only just specific states, but I guess more specific cities as well that we've talked about. I know San Francisco, we mentioned recently the city in Washington state that changed their minimum wage, but we haven't talked too much about overtime pay and eligibility for it. So like I said, Obama's administration's coming to end. This is a perfect time for him to kind of get some of these things in before he exits the White House. And this is quite a change from just raising minimum wage, a dollar or whatever it was. This deals with overtime pay. And now on the, on the federal level, He's raising the the threshold, the minimum threshold from what's what was twenty or what's currently twenty three thousand six sixty to fifty thousand four forty. So I guess that would be more than double the current amount that it's at. And so those people are now eligible to receive overtime pay within certain restrictions. But I think I saw this is estimated to be affect five million workers in the U.S. I think I don't. I think I saw that somewhere, but. Pretty significant change to <laughs> what it currently is. What's the federal minimum wage now? I think that's eight twenty-five. I want to say, or am I? Actually, oh, no, seven twenty-five. So fifty k a year. That's about three times. I'm trying to do my math, which I'm horrible. <laughs> so fifty thousand is about twenty-four dollars an hour, just to make it simple. So that's about yeah, three and a half, almost three and a half times the minimum wage, which is a substantial increase. But let, let's let's break down what this whole overtime exemption is. We've talked about independent contractors and employees and the differences between, between the two. And it's one of the most common misclassifications that employers can do. But the second is probably the difference between exempt versus non-exempt. And, and when we say exempt, it can mean a lot of things, but generally people mean that referring specifically to exempt to overtime requirements, and they may have other exemptions as well, but just to kind of make it simple. So 
in the federal exemption, there's basically uh, two requirements that they're being, or I should say three, they're, they're being paid a salary and that their salary is such that it is equal to or more 23,660, which now Obama is changing to 50,000, and that their duties are such that what are called exempt duties, like professional job duties or administrative duties or executive job duties as they're defined in federal law. So basically that minimum wage, that 20 some thousand numbers basically been been changed now. That's what we're changing here. Yeah, and I did look and they are quoting roughly 5 million people that is this going to affect. So this is going to be quite the change. And we'll just continue on with the episode, assuming this does end up getting approved just to, to make things simple on our front. But so how um, let me back up here. How Obama actually announced this was kind of interesting. He did it through a Huffington Post article, which is pretty unique. But then how he's implementing this law is through, a guess, some kind of executive order, which needs to go through some administrative process of getting feedback from the public and so forth. So I think this is going to be a law soon. I'm not sure on the timelines. But basically, one thing that they've the administration has basically outlined is they believe that there are three categories of workers that this law is going to affect. And a majority of them, the you know three to five million workers that are referenced, are those workers that they feel that okay are within that salary range, maybe just under fifty thousand or so, that are already exempt employees. That as a result of this new threshold, that in order to keep them exempt, because it's it may be an employer's best incentive to keep them exempt as opposed to keeping track of the overtime, they'll just raise their salary to fifty thousand which I think is a little optimistic. Yeah. And then there's two, there's two other categories that I think is very applicable to most employers. That is the second category where the workers are in the, are in the targeted salary range and they should be eligible for overtime pay, but they are somehow misclassified as exempt employees. And so they don't really have any kind of managerial or supervisory component to their duties. And so now by increasing this threshold, they're gonna be clearly outside of the scope of this exemption. And then it's the third category who they're eligible to receive overtime and currently receive it, but are basically vulnerable to this uh, reclassification. Yeah, and I think the, the ones that are close to the proposed threshold amount, I don't think that's gonna be as big an issue. I think you're right in that if they're close to the line, they're probably just gonna push them up so they don't have to really consider it. I think. The interesting one, and I don't know how many people fit this category, but the interesting one are the people that are going to be affected, but they were, like you were saying, were misclassified and as an example when they shouldn't have been and might not have been as big an issue before, but with the with this change in the salary, more than doubling what it was, I mean, that's definitely going to raise an eyebrow for those people and say, hey, maybe this, I should you know, try to do something about this. And I think that's, like I said, I don't know how big of a group this is going to be for employers, but it seems like a group that could cause a lot of trouble, at least. And now there's going to be more of them and incentive to do so. So I think that's the one to keep an eye on, assuming all of this kind of gets pushed through. I agree. And if anyone's wondering kind of the impact or how significant this is, let me put this in perspective here. So I think we everyone everyone understands that in California, California has tends to be much more employee friendly than any other state, probably the most out of all states. And in California, they also have a state-specific minimum wage, so to speak, for exempt employees. And 
with the last minimum wage increase back in July 1st, 2014, the minimum wage for salaried exempt employees in California was 37,000. And when the minimum wage goes up again in 2016, it'll go up to 41,000, which means that even the state exemption in California is gonna be less than the federal exemption, which of course then means that the federal exemption is going to apply. It's gonna supersede the state exemption. But to me, that's pretty significant. It's not unusual that the federal minimum wage is less than the California minimum wage. But when we're talking about exempt employees with, from a state that is pretty conservative when it comes to this stuff, and the federal minimum wage for exempt employees is, is higher, is pretty crazy. It wouldn't be what you would think, <laughs> given the, the history of California and how they've been, like you said, not the best towards employers. And you know, if this does end up getting changed, then I would think California will probably follow suit. I mean, not, not that necessarily has to, but it, it will actually wouldn't be surprised if it bumped it up even higher. I mean, I think you're right. The fact that California hasn't even tried to make this change itself, or maybe it has, and we just haven't heard about it. I mean, this is going to be a, a pretty significant increase and affect a lot of employers. It's not like the minimum wage where the federal minimum wage got might get pushed up and you know it doesn't even affect some states. But yeah. the fact that this is going to be over, just reaching over the entire country, I mean, that's it's going to be a, a big thing. And, and I, my assumption is, is that somehow the Department of Labor is in charge with setting that number. So that's why, and it's not specifically outlined in a statute. So somehow that gives the president authority to to amend that, which uh, that's fine. I mean, that's I guess that's how it's going to work. I haven't seen any kind of objections to the procedural aspect of it. But back in California, I, I do want to keep in mind that the number that is derived for that minimum wage is basically twice the state minimum wage for a full-time employee, assuming 40-hour work weeks. So I haven't seen any effort to actually increase that exempt minimum wage, but I, I do wonder if in response to this, that might be a next step, which I think that'd be pretty pretty aggressive, I think, on the legislation part. Yeah, it would, but you know, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, so what what can employers do? If this happens, what can employers do? I mean, I guess the one thing that comes to mind is just make it so your employees don't work overtime and yeah. they fit within the restrictions of an eight-hour day and a, and a 40-hour week. And maybe it'll cause some shuffling around of who works when and Maybe you might even have to bring on an extra employer or two, but that's kind of the way to combat this. And, and that's what people are saying. You can actually restrict your employees from working overtime. You can restrict them, okay, you cannot work more than 40 hours a week. Or if in California, you know, it's also defined more than eight hours a day, unless there's an alternative work week, et cetera. But there are some that are suggesting, like you just did, that some employers will basically take the employees that are working 40, more than 40 hours a week make them to 40, and then add another employer to to replace that missed work, whether it's part-time or so. And and in theory, this could be a, a boost of the economy. And as a result of this, there's some criticism of that. Some people say that this is just going to hit hard with customer service. People are going to cut back because there's just not enough of a correlation to what people are trying thinking the positives of this are going to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, that could happen. I mean, I'm sure it will in some instances, but I don't think it's going to affect it too much. I even saw there's one article that, you know, trying to figure out who this is going to affect. Apparently, the media industry is going to be affected by this because 
you know, those magazines or website content producers and so forth, which kind of makes sense because a lot of them are going to be not necessarily making $50,000 a year, but probably making more than 23 and may have some exempt like duties. But once that threshold's brought up, they're going to be, have to be paid overtime. And, you know, with deadlines and so forth, I, I can easily imagine them being in a world where they're working more, more than 40 hours a week. So I'm sure there's some industries that are going to be affected more than others, just like anything. Oh, yeah, of course. And, you know, one of the jobs I had, the 4th of July, well, as we're recording this, the 4th of July is coming up. But by the time this comes out, I'll have already passed. But I remember we I used to get time and a half, basically overtime pay for working a holiday because I had to work on the 4th of July once. Yeah. And if then if you work overtime, if you work more than eight hours in that day, you get like double overtime two times what you uh, normally made, which probably was like $10 an hour at most. Actually, probably even less than that, so. You'd be making like a million dollars an hour, basically. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of other ways to to keep racking up the overtime to <laughs> triple it or quadruple my pay. And if you do your job bouncing on one leg the whole time, then you get five times the amount. That's what I'd put in my employment manual. And double the, double the amount of pay is pretty big for a, a high school kid, so. Well, double the pay is probably big for everyone, but. <laughs> also a good point, I guess. <laughs> uh, we'll let you know when this law actually goes into effect, but I think this was just announced, what, yesterday, yesterday or today? So it's pretty pretty fresh still. I was going to say, I mean, I maybe I've just been busy, but I didn't even really see this, so. I don't think the world, or actually not the world, I don't think the, the news articles have really grasped the impact this will have yet because I think there's a lot of unknowns. I mean, the, the statistics of, of which people actually fall under the exempt category between that target range, I think is very difficult to easily ascertain. It may just be kind of one of the wait and see kind of thing and what employers are gonna do and react to it. It's hard to tell. Yeah. This is all, like I said, all assuming that this ends up happening too. This is the proposal, so might not even happen. Well, very well. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Keep it sound, keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.